All right, y'all, get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends with Dave and Len. I am one of your hosts, Mr. David Coker, proprietor of Dave Mark Inc., promoter, event planner, birthday boy this week, and all-around good guy. Um, hanging out with my partner, Mr. Coming to America, back to America, <laughs> Mr. Leonard Young. Dave, Dave, <laughs> What's going you, on, sir? Everything's good, Dave. You you have forgot your, your other title that you always say. What's that? Oh, man about town. Man about town. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, okay. yeah. Be, because yeah. They, you know, they, they, there's someone who wouldn't recognize who you were if you didn't say that. You know, no, yeah. no, it'd be one or one or two people. Yeah, yeah, people, yeah. So, but yeah, but, as he said, yep. Come, coming back to America. My name is Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guide, DelawareBlack.com, uh, Black media specialist, and uh, all around good guy. You know, yeah. the the man. Yeah. That, the man next to the man around town. Right, right. And and you forgot one other title. Um um African royalty now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, so. and I accept that. I accept that. Yeah, there you, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh Mr. Yonas got back from Africa, you know. So, so you know, um, you know, he he truly is uh, you know, he didn't go to Zamunda, but he, he you know, <laughs> He 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 brought back some vibranium from Wakanda. For oh yeah, so. I, I snuck it back. Well, well Dave, <laughs> the, the, the the one thing I can say, and I'm really glad Africa was on my bucket list, and um, we had a trip that was sufficient enough that I feel. And we we went to Ghana, um, Accra, um, which I was always calling Accra, but it's Accra, mm-hmm. and I mean we had a great time. So I mean I definitely. Um, could see going back visiting some other countries or even back to Ghana again to see more. So it, it was very eye opening. Um, the English or England influence is very great. Uh, everything there is in, in English. They like you, wherever you go there, you know, signs, posters, menus, whatever, you know, you know everything's in English. Yeah. Um, they, well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it, it definitely easy for Americans to go over there. Okay. All right. Well, well, I mean, you went over there, you did your thing, and you came back, and now, um, well, you're back in America. You know, I know, you know, you're not now. You got to hang out with people like me now. You know, instead of hanging out with kings and queens. You know, so, (laughs) so, but it's okay. It's okay. I, I, you know, I understand. I understand. So you always make me feel. Anyway, um, so here we go. So. Um, but thank you, uh, uh, thank you for making it back safely. Because I thought I was going to have to replace my podcast partner. So, <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, but um, here we are. Um, we are, gosh, ha- well, halfway, almost through uh, Black History Month, man. <laughs> you yeah. left me was the beginning of Black History Month. Now it's almost over, man. We get ready yep. going to March, man. So, yep, Dave, let's. We- uh, we, we we have one more week to say Black History Month. Man. I so, know, gosh, it just goes by so fast, man. Woo. So, but um, hope everybody has enjoyed their month so far, and that uh, you know that you know you're making some history yourselves, you know, and and making your mark because that's what this 
is all about. Everybody needs to try to make a mark or add to their legacy um, during this particular time of the year. So definitely. All right. All right. Well, we got a few stories that we want to talk to you about. And, well, 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 hold, hold on, Dave. Before you get started, I, I know you have a, a little announcement to make or something. Oh, you got probably going to make it at the end of the show, but I, I, I'll go into yeah. it now. Uh, this is, you know, every year, you know, around this time, you know, I'm always doing a birthday party, you know, mainly to help celebrate the Pisces. You know, it is Pisces <laughs> season now. So, you know, you know, the the, the best sign in the zodiac as far as i'm concerned but anyway um so this friday for those who are listening and nearby we're doing a party at the belvedere fire hall with the ladies auxiliary of the belvedere fire hall um featuring dj tim dog um and the birthday boy himself will be there and um we'll have food and drinks and everything so come on through if you're not doing anything it's from 8 to 12 um there is a fee it's 25 dollars um there is a fee but uh you know but for anybody that's pisces come on through and celebrate your birthdays with us um it is pisces season if you're not pisces come on through and hang out with the birthday boy okay um and that's at the belvedere fire hall in newport um Delaware, if you have any questions or whatever, reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, wherever you can find me. Okay, I'm out there. So, all right. All right. Okay. All right. So, we're going to go ahead and get into the show. We got a few things to talk about. And um, I'm going to go with this first story. I thought this was <laughs> pretty interesting. Um, I, I heard... I heard um, somebody talking about this and I went and, and found it so I wanted to to uh because it relates to where we are now especially with you with with young children so I figured you this would be something you would appreciate as well um teachers list the band slang sparks debate actually I heard Jamel Hill talking about this story and that's what made me check into it so it says here, I'm going to read a little bit about what it's talking about. It says, in the 1980s and 1990s, words like fresh, death, and out-of-pocket, get crunk, and ill rolled off the tongues of youth. Whether those were spitting, whether they were spitting lyrics of songs, talking about their latest kicks, or simply sharing how, excuse me, how they felt, were feeling at the moment, most people know exactly what message these young people were trying to get across at that moment. Uh, the same rings true today, whether it's considered African-American vernacular English, a colloquial phrase or slang students may use words like those which derive from cultural errors, music artists, or straight out of the neighborhoods they live in. But some teachers are fed up with hearing students say ski <laughs> or <laughs> or that they stand on their business stand on business i should say oh, yeah. yeah yeah i've heard a couple of young people say that too indeed, what business are they standing on though yeah i know that's the problem <laughs> yeah indeed one teacher's list of words prohibited her uh prohibited in her classroom and banned from being used in assignments has gone viral on social media 
it is unclear where the list originated from, but the tens of millions of views, it has sparked plenty of debate on whether it supports student learning or it's just another form of shaming Black students and culture and playing respectability politics. Aside from the much-needed conversation about getting students academically on grade level while ensuring culturally, um, let's see, um, relevant teaching is happening in the classroom. It is. It begs the question, is the teacher right or wrong for the list of language rules if they're a part of these students' lives? Please know using slang in an academic setting can diminish your capability to become a successful writer, the teacher wrote as the editor for the list. More often than not, the way you speak is the way you write. This is an educational institution, and you will carry yourself as scholars in my classroom. So that's what she said. These are the words. Um, <laughs> these are, <laughs> I'm laughing as I even look at this list. Uh, these are the words uh, that they uh, were using. But he had banned from the class. The very first one is the word bruh. <laughs> it's it, okay? Standing on business, uh, or SOB. Ooey or and ski. <laughs> Ooey ski. Ski. You ate that up. I don't really have a problem with it. You ate that up. I mean, do you? No, I I don't have a problem unless they're saying that to every every single thing. But yeah, I mean yeah. overall. Yeah, that's Cap. What's up, gang? Now, what's up, gang? It's been around forever. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, bet. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's an old school term, you know. Yeah, and I mean, they <laughs> that one, they could have left in there. I mean, I can't imagine. I can yeah. only see bang. Um, well, I'm sorry. I'm going to let you go ahead because some of these, I don't even know what they mean. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have to you have to check with your kids and see if they know or whatever. Uh oh my god, Miss T. I think I know what that makes a reference to. Um Oh God, oh my mama. No, on 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 God. I mean on my mama. Yeah, yeah on, yeah, my, on mama. my mama. On my dead mom, dead dad, my <laughs> <aunt>, cousin, <laughs> right. family. Any family, friend, or associate that you can plug in there. Uh, Riz. Now, now, Dave, I do know what Riz means because um, I heard one of the kids say it. I had to ask them what it means. Basically, like, Riz is almost like you got swag, but it's okay. almost like where you can pick someone up, like, almost like I was um, asking a girl, like, oh, do you think you can Riz her? Or I mean, you have to do, like, so I mean it's some something of that nature, but it probably has multiple uses. But yeah, because then that's what they call uh, Ralph Transmit. Um and um and what you call him? Um oh, was it? new edition Riz. Yeah, they call okay. that's his nickname. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So I, I guess he was a ladies' man then. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what that, that was referring to his swag and being a ladies' man. Now this one okay, I'm not sure about. Is it what's up G Wade? Is that referring to his daughter? I don't, I don't know. What's what's her name? 
Isn't her name Gianna or something? No, um, that's Kobe Bryant's daughter. Uh, what's what's G Wade's daughter? The one that I mean, yeah. What does that mean? Uh, I'm curious. We're checking. We're checking, folks. I know. Oh, uh, we. I guess we, we gotta go we, to the we, Urban we Dictionary. Have to we have to school ourselves on this, the Urban Dictionary, and everything. Because I've never heard that one before. Have you? No, I have not. All right, so. <laughs> Couldn't find we, it in we, the Urban Dictionary. Here, that, wait here, that, Dave. That, I'm going to have to ask. We're going to have to ask a kid. Have to ask who? A kid? Yeah, a kid. Because I, I don't uh, know. Okay. okay, I don't know that one. Okay. In the cut with my twin. Okay. Just vibe. GI? You know that? I don't know what that one is. Hold on. That one sh- shouldn't be as hard to find. Let's see. Let's see. I'm really feeling old with some of this stuff. Oh, came, that came oh, up. So, oh, okay. So this one is short for goddamn. <laughs> oh, okay. I get it now. Okay. All right. Okay, Dave. We we, we 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 learning something new every day. Yeah, they come up. They coming up with all kinds of stuff, man. Um, okay, on bro, on hood. So on, you know, the on thing is a big thing nowadays. So yeah, gang gang. I know what that is. Dave, Dave uh, I, I actually say that myself every once in a while. Um, <laughs> uh, the you know. N dash G G A. Yeah. Uh, we know I that. I say that. I say that too. Yeah. Yeah. On me, on the set, you know, freak, you mean? Mm hmm. Yep. From, okay. from the song. From the song. Okay. Yeah. Period. So, well, you, um, so I mean, f- have, have you heard that song by Gunna? Uh, probably. But is that, <laughs> is that in that song? Yeah, well, well, that that's the radio version. The other version is F U C K. You mean? Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, of course, of course. Right. right. <laughs> uh, twenty five. Period. Yeah, of course, that's old too. Yeah. Uh, Munion. Mind your own I'm, business or something? Or, I'm about Munion. to look that up. I don't know. What Munion. That's M U N dash Y U N, folks. Munion. Now, of course, I remember the old school one was Nunion. Mm-hmm. With the onion, sure, because this this definition ain't really making sense. So I, I don't I don't know about this okay. one. We, we don't know about that one. Okay, uh, big dog. Of course, we know motion in or big motion. Just vibe twin. That was basically yeah you know, before. What's up, twin? Nye. N i e. So here said Munion is a uh, slang for money. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then right. N-I-E, let me see what that is. It may be slang for money. Let me see. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, for uh, never. But let me see. 
Oh, yeah. And I like nine. Oh no, oh no, it says a shortened version of now. Now? That's what it says. Well, how how can you make a shorter version of now? It's three letters. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh the last one here, it's given. Yep. Okay. I, I I've heard that one. <laughs> then it has a disclaimer at the bottom of the list. This list is subject to change. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, you know, some of these, you know, we do know, but a lot of more new phrases, and, of course, I'm, I know it's going to be ever-changing. You know, kids have a, a way of communicating with them, their, with each other so that we don't necessarily know everything they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Some people call it co talking in code. Some people yeah. just, you know, whatever. But, you know, some of these words are very popular. A lot of this stuff you hear in songs, um, you know, and that's what makes it, that's what makes it uh, popular, you know, cult, part of popular culture these days. But I just thought it was interesting because when I heard Jamel Hill talking about it, she was up there saying her whole thing was like, um, of course, the whole thing comes down to whether or not the teacher should be, you know, um, holding the kids accountable for the way they mm -hmm. talk. Because that's the way they talk now. I mean... Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. So, um, but for those of you that have kids, run that list. You know, uh, you can find that list um, online if you have Instagram. Um, it's on Jamil Jamil Hill's page, and or you can just um, um, Dave. Yeah. I, I guess they they also have it. Um, there's an article about it on the New York Post too. That okay on the New York Post. Okay, list. all right, so. So this, they said this list has been viewed tens of billion, uh, million times. So, you know, so apparently it has been making its way around. And, of course, you know, it affects a lot of, you know, people, well, especially our people. But then, you know, it's a cultural thing for those who, you know, all young people like to have their own way of speaking to each other. So, right. you know, so, but I just thought I'd bring it out just to see how much of this that we knew, <laughs> you know, you know, which... We would fail this test anyway. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, on, but on anyway, God, Dave, on God, we fail this test. Yeah, <laughs> but check with your kids. Hey, look, if you find the list, this uh, this this read it off to your kids and see how many how many words they know on there. You know how many phrases, uh, slang terms that they know on there. Okay, <laughs> see if they know more than you. Let's put it that way. All right, moving on to our next story. Um, pretty unfortunate story. It says devils. Black women say Mississippi prison purposely denied her breast cancer treatment for years until she got stage four cancer. Um, you and I have talked about many times about how black women have been treated, especially in the South, when it comes to medical, um, and their health. Um. You know, and this is a, even a more extreme situation because this person was in prison and she is now talking about what happened with her. Uh, story goes, we already know based on numerous stories that we reported in the past that modern prisons are essentially death camps where it guards it uh, if guards aren't physically assaulting inmates then they are simply leave them to rot and die 
in their disease-ridden cells. That said, this story uh, takes the level of evil to whole another level. 62-year-old Susan Balfour was an inmate at the Central Mississippi Correctional Facility until December uh, 2021. According to the report, in The Guardian, in November of that year, the Mississippi Department of Corrections finally allowed her to have a biopsy despite being fully aware of her cancer since May of 2018. They let her sit with untreated, unsupervised, unrelenting cancer for more than three years. By the time she was able to see a doctor in January 2022, she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer that is spread to her lymph nodes, thoracic spine, bones, and liver. Belford has filed a lawsuit against MDOC, and her lawyer said that her case is far from being an ad, uh, anomaly. They claim they know at least 15 other women at the uh, CMCF who also have cancer and not being treated. I want to hold them accountable for accountable for what they've done to me, Balfour said in an interview last week from her home in Memphis. Being alone in there, I fear I was going to die because I've seen so many others dying from not being able to get the proper care they needed. Ms. Balfour's story lies at the intersection of both Black women issues with medical systems in America and the conditions under which inmates are held in society where private prisons are money-making business ventures. I'm going to stop right there. Um, we've talked about over the last few years about the way the black women are treated when it comes to health issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and as you can see, you know, don't let you, don't let it be in a situation where you're in jail. Cause we, if you're not getting the proper health, health, um, treatment and you're not in jail just imagine what goes on in a jail right um i feel for her in in the situation that she was in i mean because even though she's you know in prison it doesn't mean that she should not be treated for whatever was going on with her at that particular time and apparently they felt that you know, according to what she's saying, that whatever was going on, you know, they knew she had, I mean, gosh, they knew she had cancer back in 2018. Yeah. And not to give her the proper health, um, health benefits that she needed or help um, that she needed. And then it turns into stage four. That's on them, you know, and they're going to have to pay for it, apparently. I mean, now she's as a lawyer involved or whatever, they, they of course, Anytime you hear something like that, it sounds like it's a good case. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What's your views on, I mean, you know, and like I said, we've talked about the the healthcare for black women. Um, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely agree. And, you know, and we even talked about the prisons many times too. And I think it's just one of those things where the prisons will try to wait people out. So, you know, kind of like how 
you know, even though it's unfortunate she'd already kind of developed stage four breast cancer. But Dave, think about how how many other cases they know about, speculate about that they are just sweeping under the rug. And maybe these people aren't lucky enough to have a lawyer, um, maybe even lucky enough to, like, get the word out just so, you know, publicly so that they can get that treatment, you know? Right. Right. So, I mean, yes, I mean, I, I think this is just like the tip of the iceberg, but unfortunately, you know, you know, a lot of these prisoners, I'm sure their concerns aren't heard. Um, I, so when I went to Ghana, there was this lady who was a former correction officer, right? And she was telling us, I mean, she she said she loves her job because she, you know, she's a people person, but she was like, you know, you treat them with respect and it, you know, everything goes easier. But she was saying that, she, of course, you know, since she's here a lot, she's heard a lot of the prisons down south, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, they are very outdated you know, dirty water, mold, you know, all this stuff. And, and, you know, just recently we've been hearing, you know, that these things are accurate, but, you know, for years and years and years, you know, they, they had no one to, I guess, no one who cared. Yeah. That's, and then that's the main thing is whether they have people that care or not. Um, And of course, when it looks at, you know, after all, especially down South, I mean, we're still, we're still black. You know, we're still mm-hmm. we're still people of color. And for you know, like I said, I've heard stories and I've even know people who have had issues with getting good health care in the South. And um then you put then you put in you put in the play that, you know, especially if you're somebody that's in prison and you need to get that health care and here this woman sat in jail, like I said. In 2018, she developed cancer, and they knew she had cancer, and she never did really get the treatment she needed for her cancer until it went to stage four. And, of course, you know, they could have prevented that. Yeah. You know, it's really a shame. And um, hopefully, you know, now now they got to go through a big court case because she's suing. And, you know, it would have been treated, I mean, cheaper to treat her. You know what I'm saying? That's true. You know, so um, hopefully Ms. Balfour does get the uh, just due that she deserves. Um, because she was in prison didn't mean that she shouldn't have got the treatment that she should have got that she deserved to get. So right. we hope right. that we hope that um, things work out um, for her, um, work out for the best for her, and hopefully other women that are going through those type of situations that it'll start to open the eyes up of the people that need to see it in order to try to get better treatment for them. Definitely agree. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll hopefully, I'm sure we'll see more about that story as uh, that court case comes up. So we'll Mm -hmm. be looking for that. Okay. Uh, Moving on to our next story. All right. So, Dave, our, our next story is a story that I saw um, circulating the Internet recently. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but they basically said meet NASCAR's youngest black driver. And Dave, guess what? What? He's currently an HBCU student. OK, which school? 
Yep. So um, this is uh, his name is Raja Karuth. He is a student who is currently enrolled at Winston-Salem State University in North Carolina. Um, he's currently 21 years old, and he's balancing his professional racing career with being a full-time student. Um, okay. So the article states that kind of in 2014 was when he attended his first race a dream that he had uh, had ever since watching the Cars movie at the age of four. So the Cars movie was his inspiration. And basically ever since then, he started honing his skills on video simulators, um, you know, kind of doing obstacles and, you know, just being very connected to racing via um, East, like esports, kind of like virtual, you know, virtual racing games and stuff like that. And then his breakthrough came when he caught the attention of NASCAR's Drive for Diversity program, where he got the chance to really, you know, practice his real world uh, racing. And through that, they kind of put him through some programs where he got the opportunity to have real races. And in his rookie year, they said he had two top 10 placements. Um, and you know, one thing I want to say real quick, and you know, I know unfortunately they kind of X'd affirmative action out of a lot of places, but there are a lot of programs, sports included, that have diversity programs for, you know, places where African Americans or other minorities are underrepresented. And, you know, a lot of people really excel at these programs. So it, like I'm not surprised that and and Dave, we we always talk about too, you know, a lot of you know, black people can excel at just about anything, but a lot of times we just don't have the access to it. And he was provided the access and, you know, he kind of, kind of took it and ran with it. Yeah. So, I see that he was, um, sponsored by the Wendell Scott foundation. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with Wendell Scott? You know, who he is? yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, we yeah. actually talked about, him. he was out of, um, yep. but he right. won the, some uh, one of the ones in Jacksonville. Or yeah. Something. Right. Yes. Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah, um, it's funny. I, I'm sitting here thinking uh, he has a pretty famous last name. Um, it was a football player that played it, it actually for Carolina for the Carolina uh, uh, Panthers. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder is he related? Did it say anything that whether he was oh, related to the him? article? Doesn't say anything, but. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't mean anything either. Yeah, yeah, because I know that's where his family was from too, um, down that way in North Carolina. So uh, he could be related to them. Um, but that's uh, that's great. I mean, because you know, there's been a lot of blacks that have been over the years very interested in NASCAR and racing and so forth. And of course, you know, we've had a few over the years to to get involved and do very well. Right. Uh, right. You know, we had a former NBA player to leave the NBA and um, end up being um, investing in NASCAR and started his own racing team. And mm. then Michael Jordan followed behind him, you know. Oh, and, yeah. both, right. and ironically, both of them played at the University of North Carolina. <laughs> you know? So, so um, you know... Um, you know, so it is a, a thing that people of color really like to yeah. get involved with. Um, unfortunately, you know, for a long time, the old boy network kind of shut us out, you know. Right. Uh, 
you know, they let they let one or two in, but they wasn't going to let all of us in. But now no. we're starting to get now we're starting to get more involved with the sport. So that's great. Yeah. No. And, yeah. and they, um, there was an article I put on um, our Delaware Instagram. The um, the the first black female NASCAR pit crew member got her first opportunity at Dover Dam. So, like, when, when she was did her first pit crew, you know, changing the mm-hmm. tires and all that stuff, right. that happened at Dover Downs here in Delaware. So, well, okay. that's a little right. bit of history there as well, too. During, during, uh, during racing season at Dover Downs, huh? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. Um, well, that's, that's great. I uh, hope he, he does well. I have to keep an eye out for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, because you know, it's always good when we make our marks in in sports that we're not known to make our marks in. Right. You know, exactly. of course, they always worry that we're going to take it over. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, so, but um, you know, but that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad to. I'm glad to see that. So, okay, all right. Um, going. Okay, going to our next story. I'm going to read. I want to. I want to just bring up a few of these. Uh, well, I'm going to read them all, but uh, just kind of touch on a few of them. It's called "A Facts About Black Americans and the News." Uh, it says Black Americans have long had a complex relationship with news media. In 1967, Kerner, the Kerner Commission, a panel established by, um. President Lyndon B. Johnson to investigate the causes of more than 150 urban riots in the United States sharply criticized the media's treatment of black Americans. More than 50 years later, there is an ongoing discussion of many of of the themes raised in the commission report. Amid these discussions, here are some key facts about black American experiences with, uh, with and attitudes towards the news. Based on um, the research center surveys. So it says, number one, black Americans are more likely than other racial and ethnic groups in the U S to get their news on TV. And it just kind of says about three quarters of black adults, 76% say that at least sometimes get news on TV compared with 62% of both white and Hispanic adults and 52% of Asian adults. Um, So they're basically saying that, you know, we tend to always end up on the news more than the other folks do, even though the other folks might be doing some of the same stuff that we're doing. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. And especially if it's something negative. I mean, you know, right now <laughs> the, big, the big case is going on, you know, with the the couple that helped, you know, as far as the Trump election. Yeah. Yeah, that's big thing right going on right now. And and of course, you know, it just it doesn't look good and a lot of craziness is coming out of it, you know. But that's how we get on TV. <laughs> you know, that's exactly how we get on TV. Right. So, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Number two, it says black Americans are more likely than white Americans to get news from certain social media sites. 
the shares of black agree with that. Yeah, well, yeah, especially right now because that's where you get. I mean, hey, we're guilty of that ourselves. So, uh, the share of black adults who say they regularly get um, news on YouTube, Facebook. Well, new to YouTube is is number one actually forty one percent. Facebook being uh, at thirty six percent, and then uh, Instagram twenty seven percent, and then TikTok. So, you know, and that sounds about right. YouTube, YouTube man, has a lot going on on YouTube with a yeah, lot. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah. So, number three, Black Americans see issues with the way Black people are covered in the news. Now, we all have said that for years. Uh, it's the way we look. Um, um, it says, for example, 63% of Black adults say the news they see or hear about Black people is often more negative than the news about other racial and ethnic groups. Right. And that tends to be that way. And of course, we always we laugh about it, but we always talk about how when you there's a man on the street interview and they mm-hmm. whoop, they they let all the smart <laughs> yeah they do <laughs> they let all the smart looking people go by yep. and then they go and grab Uncle Willie from the corner you know yep, yep. and talk to Uncle Willie you know and Uncle Willie of course tore up and you know slurring and all that stuff exactly I'd be like and it kills me every time I say why are they talking to that guy why you know so it's crazy anyway number four. Black Americans see a number of steps that could improve news coverage of Black people. It says, for example, most Black adults say it's extremely or very important um, that journalists and reporters cover all sides of the issues and understands the history of the issues when covering Black people. And a lot of times, we are, it is skewed. Um, they only look at one side. Mm-hmm. If somebody got, if there's a shooting, we're always guilty, you know, um, until, you know, somebody says, oh, you know, until it's proven in court that we didn't do it. But a lot of times if there's a shooting, and of course, if there's a shooting and, so, and a black person walking down the street and a white person walking down the street, we know who's going to get stopped. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So, and I'm not going to say that happens all the time, but the majority mm-hmm. of the time. That's what's going to happen. So, um, um, number five, black Americans tend to be underrepresented in U.S. newsrooms. Oh, yeah. we yeah, we we know yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Um, just six percent of reporting journalists are black. According, Dave, you, this you know, back I, in twenty twenty two. Yeah, go ahead. I will say, you know, watching a lot of the local news networks, the the TV ones at least, um, maybe not yeah. the newspaper ones, but you know, we we do have a lot of black black anchors and you know hosts. Well, Philadelphia folks. has done very well with that. Um, yeah. There's like Channel Ten, Channel Three, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all those. You know, the NBC, uh, CBS, and and um, you know ABC. They've done very well with representation, especially in the Philadelphia tri-state area, with with having black journalists and so forth. But when you look at it on a whole, like you go to CNN and those type of channels, yeah, you know, we're not out there like that. So, right. um, let's see. Let me see. That was number five. Number six. 
Many Black Americans say it's important to get news about race and racial in, in, inequality from Black journalists, but fewer feel this way when it comes to news in general. Um, yeah, we want to hear from our people when it comes to issues, you know, and 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 um, you know, race and 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 um, unfairness and you know, inequality and stuff like that. That that's what we feed on. That's what we want to hear. We want to hear the breakdown coming. We don't want to hear the other races talking about us because they don't tend to give us the coverage. They don't tend to give us the solutions. They don't tend to give us the respect that we should have when it comes to those type of issues. What's your thoughts on that? No, I mean, I, I definitely understand. Um, you know, you know, I think it goes back to nobody can tell our story like we tell it. Right. And, and I did see, and I, um, I wasn't sure if you have this on the list too, but I, there was a stat that I saw going around a couple of years ago, and I believe it as well. They say black people trust black media more than they trust white media. Yeah. But, you know, black people don't, don't support black media. Yeah. I mean, you know, they trust it when they see it, but unfortunately, you know, you wake up in the morning. Well, I, I mean, I guess, it, I guess, Maybe it's harder to support black media. I'm just trying to think. You wake up in the morning, and it's not like you know there are a lot of black-owned media outlets. Now, what I do listen to, and I will listen to them frequently, and and I think they do a great job. I'm not sure if you ever listened to them. Um, I think it's BIN Black Information Network. They come on. I'm, I'm least, familiar with the Black Information Network. Yeah, yes. so of course in our area they come on AM, the AM hmm. channel. But I mean, you know, they they have a lot of good information that you know they I almost compare it to news and trends. How you know we'll talk a lot about stuff that you know is a little known, but not a lot known. You're right. Like right. Black right. Information Network is the same thing. Like they yeah, talk they about do they do they do tend to, yeah that's exactly how they do things. I I agree because I have listened to them. I know I know exactly what you mean by that. Unfortunately, with us when it comes to hearing things from other blacks and, and black news reporting is has to do with the sensationalized stuff, you know, right. you know, uh, you know, gossip and, and that type of thing. I mean, you know, right now the top people in, in our news media is Tasha K and people like that, you know, I, I mean? know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and Shay Shay club Shay Shay and stuff like that. That's what what's hot right now. Yeah. You know, and that's what everybody wants to hear. You know, um, you go you go to YouTube, you know, there's so many black people on there talking about different things. It's, you know, but that's where people are getting their information from or the information right. that they want to talk about or want to hear. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So um, let me go to number seven. Number seven, about a quarter of black Americans, which they said is 24 percent, says that extremely they are extremely or fairly often get they extremely or fairly often get news from black news outlets. So, you know, they go to the popular black sites and they get their news from those sites. Okay. And that's what mainly we do. Um, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, the celebrities and the people that we want to hear about, you know, those mm -hmm. type of things. And the last one 
The last one is Black Americans are more likely than other racial and ethnic groups to feel that the news media's the news media misunderstands them uh, because of their race or some other demographic trait. I believe that too. Um, now, now, Dave, say say that one more time. It's that Black Americans are more likely than other racial and ethnic groups to feel that the news media misunderstands them because of their race or some mm-hmm. other demographic trait. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, it says roughly similar portions of Americans who are white, they says about 61% bl- black, uh, which is 58%, and Hispanic, 55%, say that news media misunderstands them, but they cite markedly different reasons for this misunderstanding. So, <laughs> you know, they come up with some type of reason for, you know, not understanding. I guess they must be looking at that list that we just went over. Yeah, about right. The black <laughs> they don't slang. Words. <laughs> so that's what that is. But I I just thought it was interesting. And, and you know, I mean, I'm a news person myself. A lot of times before I go to bed, I'll look at the news sometime. And uh, a lot of times I'll do it. And just to see what they're talking about. But we have been fortunate, like you and I just said, we've been fortunate because the news in this area, we have representation in our area, you know, uh, blacks, you know. Um, so that's been that makes it a little easier to look at the news for us. Now, I'm not like during the daytime when Good Morning America, and those type of shows, I'm not interested in those shows unless they have somebody yeah. black on you know know, so but i i just thought that was very interesting um to read about for those and especially those who are news people that like to listen to the news i just thought i'd put that out there so people can understand what people are looking at when it comes to the news and how they feel that we're being depicted as far as that's concerned okay um, if you have any comments or anything about that, feel free to reach out to us and let us know because I like to know, or we like to know um, how you <laughs> feel about that as well. So, okay, all right. Moving on. Since this is Black History Month, um, I wanted to make mention of a couple of Black History um, 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 icons and uh, people that we. Um, should know because uh, I know when we at the beginning of the month we wanted to kind of shine the spotlight on people, you know. Of course, everybody knows the big names like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and those type of people, but we wanted to kind of bring attention to some of the people, uh, some people that people may know their names but not know, know a lot about. You know what I mean? So I picked out two for this for tonight's show. The first one. And they actually uh, have a movie already come out about her. Uh, Regina King is playing her. I think that's going to be great. Uh, looks like it's going to be a great movie. Shirley Chisholm. Shirley Chisholm um, was born November 30th, um, 1924. She died January 1st, 2005. Was an American politician with um, who in 1968 became the first black woman to be elected to the United States Congress. Chisholm represented New York's 12th Congressional District, a district centered on Beth, uh, Bedford's uh, Syverson for seven terms, from 1968 to 1980. 
from 1969 to 1983. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive in itself right there. Um, in 1972, she became the first black candidate for a majority party nomination for the president of the United States and the first woman to run for the Democratic Party's presidential nomination. Throughout her career, she was known for taking a resolute um stand against economic, social, and political injustices, as well as being a strong supporter of Black civil rights and women's rights. She was uh, definitely a great woman, and I remember that run for the president. Uh, you know, that was a big thing back then, and she held her own. She she was not backing down from them people, man. She really wasn't. She, she was definitely way before her time, I will say that, you know, so... <laughs> Yeah, I like to see her run and get run run right now because she would definitely give them hell, man. She oh, would. was she? <laughs> yeah, she was. She was. It, she, it, she was no uh, joke. So, she was no joke, man. So, like, what would you kind of compare it to, like the uh, what was it, Maxine Waters? Yeah, she, or is Maxine, she more? Maxine's a little more, Maxine's a little more in your face, though. Okay, but but Shirley Chisholm, she was, you know, she kind of gave you that impression. She was quiet and demure, but you better not mess with her, though. Because right. she definitely, she would cut you with the words. She would, you know, and uh, no, I mean, considering that she got that nomination and mm-hmm. no other black, I mean, think about the day and time, 1972. That was not yeah. now. You know what I'm saying? So for her to get that nomination, that was that was really something. So I'm going to uh, talk about another one of her um, iconic women, Miss um, Althea Gibson. Uh, born August 25th, 1927. She died September 28th, 2003. Was an American tennis player and professional golfer and one of the first and one of the first black athletes to cross the color line of international tennis. In 1956, she became the first African-American to win a Grand Slam event, the French Championship. The following year, she won both Wilmington and U.S. Nationals, precursor to the U.S. Open, then won both again in 1958 and was voted Female Athlete of the Year by the Associated Press in both years. In all, she won 11 Grand Slam tournaments, five single titles, five double titles, and one mixed doubles title. She is one of the greatest players to ever live, said both uh, uh, Bob Ryland, a tennis contemporary and former coach of Venus and Serena Williams. Martina Navratilova couldn't touch her. I think she beat the, <laughs> uh-oh, I think she would have beat the Williams sisters too. Gibson, oh, uh, <laughs> Gibson uh, was inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame and the International Women's Hall of Fame in the early 1960s. She also became the first black player to compete on the women's professional golf tour. Oh, wow. Hats off to both of these women. Both Dave, great. You, you, yeah. you uh, forgot one of the facts regarding Althea Gibson. Why don't you tell me, sir? Yeah, she is a FAMU graduate. Uh, okay. Attended Florida that. A&M University. Did they have a lot of um, stuff up in the hallways and stuff about her? Or did they have anything dedicated to her there? Um, yes, yeah, so there, there was a, a building there, like Gibson. Uh, I'm not sure. 
So it, it was something around like the their athletic department, but there was a building named for her. And in that building, which I think at the time housed our um, basketball gym, you know how they, they had a they had a trophy case that had um some pictures of her. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Cool. Um, and in case you guys are wondering, I mean, of course, you know, Leonard's talking about this because he's a fam you you know. Uh, of rat, course. Rattler. So, yeah. you know, so so okay. All right. Well, two great women, two two treasured people from our history, folks. If you don't know uh, enough about them, you need to go out and read about them uh, because, like I said, you know, we wanted to bring up, you know, people that you might have heard of, but you didn't know a lot about. And um, matter of fact, Althea Gibson is one of the reasons that Venus and Serena both got into tennis because mm-hmm. they used to watch her and, and wow. they, you know, they got to, and they got to meet her and everything. And she, and matter of fact, they said Venus game was a lot like hers, you know, so because she was tall and angly and so right. forth like that. So. Okay. All right. You guys are listening to News and Trends with David Lynn. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us tonight. We're going to go into our Dave's Corner, which is Leonard's favorite part of the show. Um, you know, and... Tonight's Dave's Corners, keeping in mind and keeping on track of the Black um, History Month. Uh, Leonard, I I want you to think of two famous Black figures from history. If you had the chance to spend a day with them, who would those individuals be and why? This right here is a tough question because you you know I usually go with uh, Minister Farrakhan, <laughs> <laughs> but you know they after going no to- you you would pick the you would pick the day that he was up there speaking and you know that might his last day on earth you know so knowing you you, you that's probably been the day you picked so yeah but yeah. You, you know um, after going to Africa you know I, I have a lot of a, a lot of questions um, okay. But I just don't know all the names that I need to be, you know, asking about. But um, are you talking about Tutu and people like that, or? Yeah, I mean, yes, but I mean, probably more people from like West. That probably some names okay. that we we heard. Okay, okay. So, I, so I'll say one would be uh, W. E. B. Du Bois. Du Bois. Oh, okay. And, and I say that because in Ghana, he has a memorial. He actually moved from the U.S. to Ghana. And th- that's where he basically lived the rest of his life. I, I, I think he died while visiting China, but his body uh, was taken back to Ghana. So <clears throat> um, I would definitely be curious what his early experiences were there because um, you know, now Ghana is a developing nation, but when he went there, you know, I'm sure it was very, um, and I won't say undeveloped, but, you know, it was very in its essence. So, you know, I, I'd be curious, you know, his challenges and, you know, his motivation for being there. And then my second person This one right here may be tough, Dave. 
I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play the Jeopardy music on. Yeah, I, I, know, I know there's so many people to choose from. But, yeah, uh, it, it, it is, and you know, I, I think it changes with what's happening in the world too. Because yeah, it's like what happened, you'd be like. But I mean, other than that, it may be, and I mean, I hate to say Obama, but I mean, you know, I I am curious about some of this government stuff that we don't be knowing about and stuff happening behind closed doors. And, and right. of course, Dave, we always talk about Area Fifty One. Like, <laughs> we, we, you know, we we need to know what's going on over we there. We need, we yeah, we need, we really need to know what's going on in Area Fifty One. You know, definitely, definitely, because we know there's something going on in Area Fifty One. So that's 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 cool. Okay, all right, all right. What, so you Dave, what, Obama, Obama was your second one, okay? Yeah, right. Dave. Okay. What, what about you? If you could think of two famous black figures from the past, from history, and you had the chance to spend a day with them, who would they be and why? Well, the first person I thought about was Jesse Owens. Mm, okay. Tell me only because only only because Jesse Owens you know, was in a situation which was like a no-win situation for him when he went over, especially when he went over to the Olympics, uh, Germany, to perform in the Olympics over there. And, you know, you he they didn't want us over there, you know, and especially a black man over there. And then he goes over there and just performs <laughs> like crazy. And remember, Hitler wouldn't wouldn't shake his hand or yeah. wouldn't we, acknowledge wouldn't him. Wouldn't stand up for him. Or wouldn't stand up or anything for him, you know. And I would have just loved to have been hanging out with him just to hear how he handled everything and, and just seeing how, he, you know, stoic he was during that particular period of time. That would have been very interesting to me. And it's track and field because, you know, I like track and field. So, yeah. you know, I would have, I would have loved that, you know. Um, so that's one person. Um, the other person... Uh, I I was kind of torn between two people. Um, but I'm going to say the other person is sitting right behind you. Okay, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, I'm surprised greatest. you didn't say. Nope. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't say him. Um, I would have loved just to be around him. Now, keep in mind, I wasn't always a fan of his. Matter of fact, when he first fought, when he first fought Joe Frazier, I was a kid at the time. Right. I was rooting for Joe Frazier, <laughs> and Joe Frazier actually won that fight. You know, and mm. uh, the only time he beat him, but I was so happy that Joe Frazier won the fight because I just saw Muhammad Ali as this braggadocious type person, you know, and so forth and so forth. But as the years went on, you started to really appreciate a lot about him. And, yeah. and and everything that he went through. So I would have loved just to hang around him just to see him for real. Not the showman. Right. But to learn about the man. You know. And um so those would be the two people that I think I would like enjoy spending time. And and folks, 
keep in mind, we were trying to name people that wouldn't be the obvious people, you know, um, I'm sure I, that's what I was doing. I'm sure that's what Leonard was doing. Cause yeah, exactly. it would have been easy to say, it would have been easy to say like Leonard started saying Malcolm or mm -hmm. Martin or somebody like that, but no, but we wanted, you know, but even though our people are popular people, <laughs> I mean, no, right. no doubt about that. Uh, it still would have been interesting to hang around with those particular people. So um, if you guys have answers to that question and want to share with us, you know, you can always share with us on our uh, newsandtrends.com page. Um, that's News and Trends with Z's at the end. Um, and also, you can reach out to us on Instagram, of course, uh, Facebook. You know, we're, you know, or and, um, of course, you can get a hold of us on all of those pages. And, of course, reach out to us individually if you have our numbers and know how to get a hold of us. So, um once again, uh, this Friday, 8 to 12, we'll be at the Belvedere Fire Hall. Uh, for those that are nearby and wanted to come through, I would love to see you. Um, you know, um, we usually have a good time at, at these parties. Uh, you know, I do a birthday party just about every year. So we usually have a good time. Um, Len, you're coming, right? Yep, I, I will be there. Okay. All right. Uh, Dave, if, 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 if there's nothing else, you can always count on me. Okay. Y'all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I'm not going to comment people, but thank you for taking the time to listening to me and, uh, uh, our prince from Zumanda, Zumanda, who just came back. And, um, uh, hopefully, uh, you guys will tune in and listen to us again, um, with our next show. Mr. Leonard, you got anything you want to add? No, Dave, I think you summed it up, but I, I want to wish you a happy early birthday from the number one host of News and Trends to the number two. <laughs> okay. And uh, right. look, look, look forward to celebrating you at your at your event this Friday. All right. Do I need to leave my cash app on here or, you know, whatever? Yeah, I mean, dr drop it. Drop okay. it. For those for those that for those that uh want to contribute to the birthday boy, the cash app is uh um dollar sign uh, all lowercase the word Laker Man. L A K E R M A N on Cash App or you can always zell me if you look up look me up by name. <laughs> you know, so. Um, I'm waiting on. I only said that to make sure that Leonard sends me something. Yeah, yeah, part. definitely. But, well, Dave, yeah. I, I I wrote it down just in case. Well, I got Laker Man up there. See? Okay, there. Yeah, he did write it down, folks. So <laughs> I did just, <laughs> just in case. Okay. All right. Okay. But we appreciate you guys, and thank you for taking the time to listen to us. And we'll be talking to you real soon. All right. Have a good night. Join us next week for another edition of News and Trends with your hosts, Dave and Lynn.